You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. No Wheels Wienerker with me today. We were just recording another podcast and he had to run off to get his kids. He's going to the Mets game tonight. I don't even know what his excuse was, but uh, he's not here. But we have a, a big guest. Very excited today. We're here to talk the Chargers and a bunch of people in the 32 Fans golf sub chat came at me a few weeks ago and said, hey, listen, our, our favorite golf guy on Twitter is a big Chargers fan. You got to get him on the podcast. So uh, Jeff Feinberg from Mayo Media, Chargers fan, golf expert. Welcome to 32 fans. Happy to be here. Happy it's the time of year uh, where I get to talk some some Chargers football. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's far more enjoyable talking about the prospects of them disappointing me far more than them actually disappointing me. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of crazy for the level of talent that the Chargers have had, their their lack of postseason success. Um, I mean, first of all, it's been it's been a dozen years since they won the division. They've only made the playoffs twice since then, which seems hard to believe because every year they're in like the top 10 of power rankings before the season starts. Um, and then the decade before that, obviously, you know, they just suffered awful playoff losses year after year, which is, I think, a big part of why like like mouth breathers try and dispute Philip Rivers is like unquestionable to me hall of fame resume because of like the lack of postseason success this is a team that once missed the playoffs in a year in which they were both number one in offense and defense and so i guess like the threshold question here is is will they actually make noise in the playoffs this year why should this season be different than every other previous charger season you know if we spoke about this a year ago probably would have sold you the bill of goods that like brandon staley sold me like we're going Mm -hmm. to write different movies now like the old script is over this is like a new thing they're you know lynn is gone there's so much past residue that is gone they're gonna write new movies and last year honestly alex some moments felt like we were watching a beautiful mind and other moments felt like it was <laughs> Ernest scared stupid. Like, so I don't, I, I how is it going to be different? You just assume uh, it's It can be different because the defense is clearly set up to not be horrible. A year ago when Staley got here, they only had enough in the resource chest to do one or two things. And they decided they're going to put resource into the offensive line. And they did that. The offensive line got better. something they never really did for Phillip Rivers. But what suffered was Staley was going to pretty much have to deal with his defense on the fly and trust that maybe his scheme could overcome the personnel. And he'd learn which personnel here are good and which ones he can't count on. That seems to really change. Um, they did a lot in the offseason. There's no depth on defense. 
And if you look at the Chargers in totality, you don't need a a um you know like just not to steal a, a golf analogy for a moment, but you know they don't need to. They can't putt. They're horrible putters, but they don't need to be a top five putter on tour. They just need to be like a league median putter to just as long as they're amazing on offense, they'll be fine. So the defense is is better. They made a lot of additions. Staley's scheme, you still got to trust that he has now been given a year to install the players for his scheme. If the defense is league median to go with that offense, they're going to be just fine. And you could probably assume, not saying they're going to lose the fourth down stuff in all of it, but if he trusts his defense, he's probably going to be less inclined for some of that real crazy fourth down play uh, because he knows he doesn't have, you know, when you can't stop on first down when total points allowed, rushing yards, uh, third down defense, everything is straight bottom of the barrel. Of course, you're going to go for it on fourth down. That's not the case. You know, maybe they can be a lot more selective in that department, hopefully. Yeah, you know, as as sort of one who leans towards the more analytical side, and you know, I think the teams are way too historically conservative on fourth downs and things like that. It it was Staley was a little bit frustrating because he was being more aggressive, but he was also doing it in sort of a, in a little bit of an unusual way. And then, of course, also the the mouth breathers always they judge results, not process. And so, if anytime you go for it on fourth and miss, they're mad at you, even if maybe it was the right decision. And I'm not saying it always was for him, but given sort of the fact that he had like an up and down season. If you had to rank your confidence in Brandon Staley this year from one to ten, where would you put it? It's still pretty high, Alex. It's probably about an eight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an apologist, though. I, I'm going like because I adore my favorite parts of the day in season are win or lose the midweek, like him in front of a microphone. I I adore it. I get mad when the Chargers aren't posting it. I love hearing him <laughs> speak. I love hearing him him be very open about certain decision-making processes. Um, It's very different than, you know, especially listening to Anthony Lynn or Mike McCoy, uh, just, you know, the recent, you know, because I'll listen to whoever's at the podium, you know, with they got the, they're representing the bull as the head coach. Um, But I give it an eight, but it's a big, but if we don't do it this year and we don't have to win a Super Bowl and go to an AFC championship, but they'll make the playoffs and just see like, significant defensive strides and him be just a lot more comfortable maybe in some moments someone's gonna have to walk the plank you cannot blow year two and three of justin herbert with the contract with the situation someone's gonna have to be responsible and maybe that is him all that being said i I, i'm really excited about brandon staley i'm a huge maybe apologist you know i like for him but i truly believe like he's everything i asked for when they fired anthony lynn maybe like almost to too much of an extreme but um yeah so my trust is still incredibly high my main concern is probably more so will joe lombardi um in some way stop treating justin herbert like he's a 40 year old drew Brees on first down like the you can really stretch the field early on downs in ways that like would never have been in the Saints playbook in the last three years. And the Chargers didn't really be very aggressive on first down last year. And that's something they really can incorporate. I hope they do. 
Yeah. You know, the problem I think for the Chargers is because, you know, and we have them number six in our power rankings, Akiva and I, but they are right behind two teams tied for fourth are the Chiefs and the Broncos. And so this division is so good. And, and you know, the Raiders are, you know, probably at worst, you know, around a, a league average team as well. You could have a strong season and still only win 10 games and sort of limp in as a wild card and, and, and again, have a strong season and maybe not have much playoff success. So like how if if the, if if that were to happen how would you judge this season and how would you judge Staley if they go 10 and 7 and lose in the first round and you know in a tough game against the Chiefs or whatever in Kansas City hypothetically Yeah I don't know if they go to the playoffs and you know last year they beat the Chiefs late and then they lost the game in overtime to yeah. the Chiefs when, like, you know, when all they, they needed was the tie <laughs> All they needed and then all they needed was the tie and it's that Chiefs loss on Thursday night Alex where it all just started to go downhill because they win that third or the Donald Parham early drops the touchdown, has the neck injury that then that's a really weird game that ends in overtime where Derwin James is shutting Travis Kelsey down. And then Derwin James leaves the game and then Travis Kelsey dominates the rest of the football game. Side note, be a little nervous if we go about three more days and that Derwin contract's not done. Although as a Charger fan, Derwin can't get injured. He's not in pads practicing. So we've got that, you know, to, to outweigh, maybe just holding him out as long. The holdout might not be, well, the in-camp um, holdout there. If they lose late, like a heartbreaking game to a Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, a Josh Allen in the first or second round, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that would be um, like a fireable offense, but we'll see how it happens. Staley, you know, Herbert's trajectory has got to continue and the defense has to get significantly better. I, I think that's where it's going to come down on um, on Coach Staley. Yeah, you know, I think Staley took a lot of heat for the timeout at the end of the Raiders game. To me, the timeout was not really a mistake. It was giving up 10 yards on the next play like that. That, that was the fuck up there. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to totally relitigate it. Yeah. but I do agree with you. I will say, like, uh, just deep into my world. I had not watched watching it live, probably being ha- like in the moment, the excitement, probably a little few drinks. And I obviously wasn't watching it again the next day because they lost her anytime soon. Then I had some major knee surgery in the winter and was like deep down on painkillers and couldn't sleep. And like I watched the final eight minutes of that game and it was magic watching Herbert and operate and do everything. And I forbid to watch the overtime part of it. <laughs> that being said, I do regret. I don't know. Carlson, they would have attempted another field goal. Staley just wanted to make sure they had. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're a little too easy. It's low hanging fruit, but they never. The thing is, they went for that ridiculous fourth down earlier in the game. They never should have been in that position. Like on the the 18-yard line or something, right? Yeah, they never should have been in that. Like, they came back. They fought hard. But the fact that everyone, like, everyone made mistakes in that game, from Herbert to Staley to the defense, like, it was a team. It was a team loss. You can only hope they learn from it. Like, you can only hope. That was the saddest part because you wish last year, you see Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl. The Chargers really played a great game when they're best of the season against the Bengals in Cincinnati. So you see that, like, uh, no one would have wanted to play us in the playoffs. Or I say us, but we're a fan show and the fan pot. I guess, you know, you're talking to the fans. So the we, the us, I don't know, I'm deep into it, Alex. I don't avoid um, that terminology. It would have been lovely, even if people want to call Week 18 a quasi-playoff game, 
would have been lovely for Herbert and Staley to like play in an actual playoff game. So when we're much in better shape this year, they've already um, done it. But I don't know. Some teams prove you don't need learning experiences anymore. Yeah, I mean, the main thing that I'm mad at Staley for is allowing the, those garbage Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger into the playoffs because that was an inexcusable wow. sin, in my opinion. Should have just, just oh, done, oh. done the three-hour kneel down so that both teams could get in and make sure Pittsburgh was you No, know, They lost three of the last four um, when you look back on it, and they were in such a good good shape heading into that final stretch. And, you know, they, they played that COVID-ravaged game against the Texans, who were also COVID-ravaged, and they had Herbert. Um, so it's kind of like there was no excuse, even if a lot of guys were out as a real, real sloppy and like the Chargers of old, like just when you thought many ways was a new thing. The Chargers of old honestly showed up way too many times last year. Um, yeah, they couldn't get off the field on third down ever. So that created probably the most amount of problems. I mean, tell me, how does it feel as a Chargers fan? to have Justin Herbert and know you could have him in your life for the next, you know, one to two decades, especially because it's not even, it wasn't even like Burrow or Peyton or Andrew Luck where like, this was the number one overall pick. And like, everybody knew that this guy was like clearly going to become this. Like, this is a guy, you know, he went sixth in the draft. The Bengals took Burrow first. Okay, fine. You can't criticize that. But the other teams who passed on him um, this year, their starting quarterbacks are Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, and Tua Tagovailoa. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that you would get Herbert. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that Herbert would become this. And now all of a sudden you have what seems to be after just two seasons, like a Hall of Fame lock and you could have him for so long. And like, you know, how does that feel as a fan to know that you'll be rooting for that guy for a long time? It's it's like a trip, man. It's like a mind expletive. And the people that know me like the closest, I joke with them like everyone in my life should be a little concerned, Alex. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because I fell so hard, and it was nice to hear you put air in Philip Rivers' tires. But I, I fell so hard getting to Foxhole with Philip Rivers every game. I know he had his warts, but like, just went into every game like ready to be in his Foxhole, thinking we're gonna like this is a guy I'm good with. I love him. I didn't think I could love a quarterback anymore. That wasn't to acknowledge the players weren't more talented around the league, but I joke with my friends like. I felt that hard for Philip Rivers and like the awkward throwing the like if the court if the pocket closed the play dies like there's so many things it's like Justin Herbert it's scary to think how hard I'm going to be falling if I haven't already fallen um, for Justin as COVID was with his rookie year. I don't collect cards, but I started collecting Justin Herbert rookie cards just as a bored COVID project and that's born out to be very fruitful because there was a time when that started where people coveted two of cards more, but I'm just so blessed. I, I don't know whether to thank the Miami dolphins. Thank the Oregon coaches for never for making Herbert like inconsistent to the point. There were so many questions about him. Um, yeah. I, I just uh, lucky, like, like, I don't know. Lucky, lucky, blessed and lucky about Justin Herbert. That's really the only way to put it. And you could not have – it's great to have Justin Herbert and the timing of the NFL adding that seventh playoff team per conference when you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes was very well-timed for Charger fans. Even though we haven't made the playoffs since the rule, we're the, you know we're one of those teams that are going against the actual best quarterback we've all ever seen. I think that's almost fair to say. So 
plus for that extra playoff spot as well, to be honest. Yeah, for the NFC, for the AFC West this year, that's key. You know, people talk a lot about how lucky, uh, you know, Green Bay fans are to go from Favre straight to Rodgers or Colts fans from Peyton straight to Luck, although obviously that ended a lot sooner than expected. Nobody really makes a big deal about the Chargers, but the Chargers have seen Hall of Fame quarterbacks as their quarterback basically nonstop for this entire century, right? You had a few years of Drew Brees, and, and you have this all to thank, by the way, for Eli Manning refusing to go to San Diego. And look, he won, you know, he somehow pulled two Super Bowls out of his ass with the Giants and, you know, those flags fly forever and the Chargers haven't got those. But like by any objective measurement, you know, Breeze and Rivers and Herbert are all better quarterbacks than Eli Manning. And it's just unbelievable. Like you have had like, you know, Breeze, obviously a Hall of Famer. Rivers, I have him number 22 on my all time rankings. Everybody in the top 30 except for one guy's in the Hall of Fame. So I hope and he better be in the Hall of Fame one day. And Herbert, the best two season start that anybody's ever had to their career. Um, You've been blessed with just this insanely incredible quarterback performance, which again, then just highlights the lack of postseason success, I think, as such like a blight. Yeah, I think it just polarizes that. It's, you know, fair to note that I guess Drew Brees, like his last year as the Chargers showed those lives, they had already drafted Phillip. And yeah, those were the days where you paid the guy so much money just to show up for day one. Of yeah, camp. Sam Bradford and all those yeah, things, like yeah. it was that that like they'd already paid the huge signing bonus to fill up. There's no recouping that even in a trade where the only like the only option was you know for an ownership like the Spanos family is to go in with um with Rivers. And to be and, fair, obviously Breeze was not New Orleans Breeze yet, even though he you know no, had a couple good seasons, but. Yeah, you listen, he was so bad. They had the number one pick that Eli said no to. Yeah. And you're right. Those those flags fly forever. Uh, they'll still like bug me forever. And they're only like the only little sidewise way now that I hope I'm kind of getting revenge on the Giants. Alex is people who follow it closely seem to be aware in the Daniel Jones draft that Gettleman really did covet Herbert, who then decided to go back to school. Gettleman even made this kind con- quasi public they draft daniel jones they come back the next year obviously they're not ready to take herbert after the jones pick they draft andrew thomas so they do this quarterback left tackle it all sort of is kind of blown up in the face herbert comes out the next year they're able to do that last year Rashawn slater uh who i believe the giants traded or like just set something up in the motion in that draft also for the chargers to get what looks like an all-star left tackle out of the gate you see like to be back on that, like, look at the Bengals. They got Burrow. They gave him Jamar Chase. Chargers. They got Herbert. They got him Rashawn Slater. I mean, there's no coincidence, maybe, in the success of either and what the teams were able to do with them in the piggyback draft after drafting them. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about, you know, some other guys other than the quarterback and the coach. Real elite skill weapon, uh, skill position guys here. Keenan Allen, who is aging very nicely and is finally staying healthy. Mike Williams, who I would imagine, especially as as Allen starts to get older, should emerge as a little bit more of a of a co one, if not a one a. Um, Eckler, he's not going to have twenty touchdowns like he had last year for fantasy, but you know, a very dynamic receiver out of the backfield and a very good running back for this offense. A lot of weapons all over the field. Um, Gerald Everett, the new tight end, uh, Parham, who you mentioned with the drop, he's he's still around as well. Um, is there anybody, you know, Josh Palmer, is there, is there anybody who I'm not mentioning who you think is going to become a key you know, weapon for Herbert this year? Yeah. So, I mean, coming in the back door there, you mentioned Josh Palmer, I think, especially from a fantasy perspective, there will be no secrets. I think in like a month from now, Palmer's ADP will continue to have um, P 
it's, it makes sense. People are going to want to own the guy who's YR three in the Charger offense. To p to piggyback off that, Alex, the Chargers, the upper management, the coaches, Austin Eckler himself. Nobody is as desperate as the Chargers to find a complimentary running back to Austin Eckler. Like, like they are so desperate, and they made that fourth round pick commitment to Spiller this year. And if that hits, they are going to, and no knock on Eckler, they're going to try to max that timeshare to as much as they can. Eckler's size, not to say he's getting old, but the season's getting long. They tried so hard. A couple years ago, they drafted Kelly. It didn't work. Last year, it was a three-headed monster and trying to find a complimentary back with Roundtree, Kelly, and uh, Jackson. Nothing came out of it. If they can have actually found a complimentary running back to Austin Eckler to keep him fresh, to keep this team, keep him pounding in the fourth quarter. Um, the college fans say that Spillers and all like the versatile run pass uh, inside, outside back. As silly as that might sound, complimentary running back is so important. Uh, it'll be huge if the Chargers were able to hit on that pick of Spiller last year or this i guess this past spring yeah so let's talk about the draft so now the year before uh, i thought you know as a vikings fan i desperately wanted rashawn slater who the chargers took one pick ahead of him and he looked you know looks like a legit you know left tackle for years to come as a rookie very strong season uh this year they go back to the offensive line in the first round with zion johnson uh interior lineman out of boston college i'm not as high on him what, what what's the feedback in uh in camp so far for zion the feedback on in camp and essentially from go has been the Chargers were able to just draft a plug and play offensive lineman, a guy that they're plugs right into the starting lineup for them. Um, you know, it, it kind of shows the importance of of no secret that Justin Herbert is important. They're doing something they never did for Philip Rivers ever, not just sign offensive lineman, Alex, but then go out and continue to build upon an offensive line in the draft. Um, they're essentially realizing that obviously it's great to have Keenan Allen. It's great to have Mike Williams, sort of like you've seen your Patrick Mahomes, your Aaron Rodgers, your Josh Allen's, you know, Peyton Manning did it forever. Brady did it forever. The great quarterbacks are just going to make superstars out of who's there. Like if you give him the time to operate. So, so much of, of that and schematically with, with having um, Slater, Matt Filer and Corey Lindsley on the left side. The Chargers really do have a strong left side, and teams were just bull rushing the right, like bull rushing them. Schematically, every protection had to come to the right. So they now have taken care of one of those situations. They'll still have that Storm Norton, Trey Pipkin situation at right tackle, but it's a lot easier to scheme for one spot of weakness for that for the extra help than it is for the whole side. Um, but but yeah, I could have been a lot quicker and say the word is just that it's a plug and play guy who a lot of people think eight years from now still just going to be a starting right guard for the for the Chargers or certainly somebody else. Let's talk about the defense for a second. You know, you said at the top that the goal, if they can just get a league average defense, that sh that should be enough to, you know, for this team to be a real contender. You know, Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. And so, you know, the, the defense struggling in year one, a, a bit of a surprise. Uh, but there's been a lot of upgrades. You know, they're bringing Khalil Mack to replace uh, Nawusu, who left for Seattle. Um, the, the run defense was very weak last year. They've added a couple of defensive tackles, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. What, what reasons do you have to expect the defense to improve this year? 
simply there's competition. There is way more depth. I mean, you mentioned Khalil Mack, Austin Jackson, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, J.C. Jackson on the back end from New England, and then even little things like Kyle Van Noy uh, in a leadership schematic can play these special roles. Morgan Fox from Carolina. They're just way deeper. They're they're way deeper. They're guys who were starters last year, Alex, who are fighting for jobs. Defensive tackle Jerry Tillery might not even make this team. He might not make this team. He was a former first-round pick, a starter last year. Uh, you know, completely get blown up and run situations. A starting corner in Michael Davis last year is fighting for, for playing time. A guy the Chargers paid, a guy who on your data price shows he's incredibly highly paid among the league and corners. But with um, J.C. Jackson, Asani Samuel in year two, they signed Bryce Callahan from Denver to help man that slot. And through camp, they love what they've seen there. So guys are just getting pushed. They're getting pushed down the depth chart and they got to fight for it. But maybe most importantly, because I am such a, you know, I saw pro football focus say the thing. They got chargers, four top chargers in their top 50. And one of them wasn't Derwin James. And I sit here saying like Derwin James when healthy is the best player on the chargers. Maybe I'm biased. Better than Joey Bosa? The- better than Justin Herbert? It's kind of different. That's a take. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a take specifically defensively. Last year, Derwin James was asked to do five things and he did five things averagely, like at average. This year, he's going to be asked to do two things and he's going to do them phenomenally, like he was able to do at the very start of his career. Um, so all this allows Derwin to be Derwin again, not having to play three other positions because no one is there. That that's I guess the hope and the prayer. They're so much deeper, and the influx in talent and the investment that they put onto the defense. And they're not even asking that th- this thing with what goes on on offense and their ability to score points and yards per play. This does not need to be a T five unit. It doesn't, but it has the ceiling potential to also be outstanding. I mean, th- there's definitely a lot of top line talent here, you know, Bosa and James and Khalil Mack, you know, injured last year. People, you know, I think moving on past him, he's into his 30s, but he did have six sacks in seven games. And, you know, each of the previous three years in Chicago, he was, you know, uh, you know, an elite player. And so if, if he can add if you have him and um, and Bosa rushing from each end, you know, that's going to be very, very difficult to deal with, um, you know, so. I think that you you see a lot of talent here on defense. I guess a big part of the problem last year was the depth. And as you said, they've addressed that a lot. So, um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned like JC Jackson, who's, you know, a, a very good cornerback, obviously. I talked about a little bit at the top, but like the biggest question here is because it's such a good division, right? It's going to be tough to, you know, the, the schedule is just going to be a gauntlet all season. It's going to be tough to, to, to bank wins, you know, the Colts or Titans or, wh- you know, whoever it is in that division can easily cruise to 11 or 12 wins. Uh, you know, um, unless you really believe in the Pats or the Dolphins, the Bills probably get to do the same thing. It, it's not going to be easy in this division. Give me a little bit of uh, Oppo research. Like, what's your take? Uh, what, what's your take quickly on the Broncos with, with uh, Russell Wilson joining them? And a new coach I mean, as well, obviously. Yeah, new coach, new system. It should all be very conducive. I do fear Denver. Um, you know, and sort of like I do agree Denver would be ahead of Oakland just in the sense that I think Oakland, in, just in my opinion, Oakland overachieved so much last year in their, you know, wins as underdogs and their one score wins that even being a better team this year might actually just bear the fruit of the same amount of wins or 
or one less because I thought they grossly overachieved last year, my opinion. Yeah. Denver, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback that stops this trajectory of great of veterans playing great, finding new homes, be it Brady, be it Stafford. Um, you know, even Philip Rivers in the one year to Indy, like they did what Philip Rivers does, and they played in the playoffs. These veteran quarterbacks even to the low degree, the really good ones have just had no problem moving. I don't see Russell Wilson ending that success path. But at the same time, I have these moments where like, it's so easy. Pete Carroll is such low hanging fruit and we take it and he deserves so much of the heat, but Russell really got a free pass for a lot of things that have gone wrong in Seattle over the last couple of years with outstanding targets. It's not like there weren't great targets there. He's got great targets in Denver. Um, yeah, it was well a better scheme. I, I would hope for him, but uh, they scare me. Uh, I, yeah. And the chiefs, I don't write them off. I think they traded. They made the good trade. I think they traded the player. Like there's questions about Mahomes. I think he's going to answer the questions without Tariq Hill. People are going to realize really quickly that they kind of traded not that they were ever going to trade Mahomes, but if the trade was born out of necessity, then that's fine. And they did a good job. As someone who lives in the division, I'm not counting the Chiefs out one bit. I guess I jumped ahead because you just asked me about Denver. I, I'm like so on the fence with them, but I expect Russell Wilson to be great. Therefore, they should be great. Therefore, it's going to be a big problem for the Chargers, who never seem to be able to go into Denver and win anyways, regardless. Like, we lost all their bad quarterbacks over the last four years, Alex, so I'm sure we'll lose to Russell Wilson as well. Tell me, you're from Toronto. How did you become a Chargers fan? Yeah, so, you know, here in Toronto, unless you want to pick up on the Bills wagon, which is maybe something I could have done because they were going to Super Bowls around the time I decided I love football more than hockey, uh, and I need a team because I don't have one, but I'd already been to Chargers games. My grandfather retired to Southern California. So when I did realize that I do like actually like football more than hockey and I want a team, I had a Chargers hat. I had a say jersey. You know, it's brought a lot of heartache. I wish the the old man retired in in Pittsburgh or Green Bay, but it's cold there. I'd been a lot happier sports fan, I think, <laughs> but he'd have been a lot grumpier retiree and and obviously san diego's incredible pick the right place uh yeah i still love i yeah, never heard of know. anybody retiring to green bay <laughs> no no yeah it's part of yeah yeah but, no, you know, i don't actually ever, mean that seriously you know, so the spanos says they, they moved the team to los angeles and i understand the financial reasons why they did that but they've had a real difficulty finding any kind of you know natural fan base there and essentially every game you play is a road game you know the, the crowd is, is majority rooting for the other team every week that's got to like sort of just over a course of a season, let alone season after season, really, you know, uh, wear on players and make it difficult. Certainly does. And, uh, you know, there's so many reasons you play the Vikings. It's like a perfect vacation for anybody. Every game is a swarm. But if you really want to know the importance of a franchise quarterback, Alex, and what it means, I'm telling you, and like why they're paid so much, why you, besides the trying to win the Super Bowl aspect and you need one, but why they get paid so much, why the teams want to pay them so much. The case study for it is going to literally be what happens with the Chargers and their fans, because the people on the ground there at camp, like it's night and day. Even Pat McAfee just did a segment like Chargers training camp. There's more fans there than like 
Like, it's a real thing. There's an excitement around it. And if you have a player like Justin Herbert, it can kind of just change the whole the whole scope of all of it. Now, there's still the little sister in Los Angeles. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. That's just the reality of it. But when the Clippers are really good, they even when they fail, but when they're good and they're talented, they get a lot of hype and they get put on Christmas Day. And there's a lot of excitement around them still, even though they're never going to be the big boys in town when they're good. The league does choose to put them on a pedestal. And I think we'll see the exact same as it pertains to to the Chargers. Yeah, but the Pacers or excuse me, the Clippers did have this like, you know, hardcore committed fan base all through the shitty years in the 80s and the 90s. And the Chargers don't really I mean, they have that in San Diego, but they don't have that in Los Angeles yet. You're right. They don't. And again, I'm just going to from like two years ago to where they are now, the people there already say it's incredible. Like you would have gone to a game two years ago versus the Browns and it would have been mom, dad and son all in Browns jerseys. Now, what people say is you go to the Chargers game in L.A. against the Browns and it's mom and dad in their Browns jerseys and the son is in Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 